Hello, listeners. Thank you very much once again for uh, tuning into my podcast, Edward Jagero. As you know very well, I'm a writer, and um, one of the most important things about my writing is that I have never been published by any publishing house. I have since uh, turned my company, which is called Media, into a publishing house, which independently now publishes my books. Some of the things, and uh, today I'm having um, Troy Onyango. Uh, Troy, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Jagero. You have been doing amazing things in terms of um, writing. Yeah. I love your writing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. The, the things I love about your writing are, is how vivid you describe things. You, 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 you write sort of like um, Yvonne. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've ever been told that. Yeah, I've been told that, but that's a really big shoe to fail, you know. Yeah. I think... I think the similarities come from our background in storytelling. You know, I've read about Yvonne's background and, you know, she comes from a big tradition of oral storytelling mm. and I come from the same yeah. background as well. So I think that's where the similarity comes from. But apart from that, I don't see it personally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, that is interesting because then, um, so, but you've never been published. Not yet. I'm I'm still in the process of getting my book published. Yeah. But, yeah. but of course you've been published in the sense that your short stories have been on magazines, have been on Yeah, I've been I've been lucky in that sense to have my short stories in so many magazines. I think just the other day I was saying I've lost count because I've had some of them published in spaces which I don't even have access to anymore. Because mm. once you get your contributor copy, that's it. So whenever people ask me, Oh, you wrote this short story I'm like, did I? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that, and I think that's a good sign because it means um, I've been doing the work, I've been writing, I've been sending stuff out and, you know, I'd be happy to have them more accessible to, mm. especially people in Kenya. Mm. But some of these things within the publishing industry, we don't have control over as writers. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so back to back to publishing and publishing fiction books. I I am very much well aware, and you are also aware that uh, the reason why a lot of fiction uh, work is not published in Kenya is because of the because of the textbooks, and that is where the money is. So, the as I I believe that it's a question of you can't really blame the publishers because yeah. because publishing houses are businesses exactly yeah they are there to make money yeah and um, if you look at the way fiction uh, fiction books or uh, fiction uh, uh, stories uh, sell mm. you have to the distribution has to be perfect uh, marketing has to be very good readings and all those things but then textbooks, you don't have to do that. Yeah. You know, once it has been, uh, you know, rubber stamped by the government that this is the book that everybody has to buy, yeah. then it sells itself. Yeah. You don't even need to appear anywhere on telly <laughs> <laughs> and talk about your, yeah. your, your, your book. And, and sometimes I used to think that maybe my writing was not good enough. I still don't know whether my writing is That's not, not good true. Enough. Your writing is good. I've read your work. It's it's yeah. actually really good. Yeah. Yeah. So so when I, I I pushed a lot of my my stories to publishers in Kenya and they were rejecting them, not even rejecting them. Yeah. They would not they would not even say anything. Yeah. You know, they would receive it and I don't know whether it's good to have spam folder. <laughs> I don't know where it would go. Where do you think it goes? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think 
I think genuinely publishers get swamped because there's so many stories out there. There's very few of them in here. There's very little infrastructure by way of support for them. So mm. if you are an editor or if you are the acquisition person in um, any publishing house, you get you obviously get overwhelmed because there's no support system. Mm. Most of these publishing houses have one person or two people mm. doing everything. And so what do they prioritize? The business side of mm. of publishing, which it is very unfair to so many of us, you know, in that way um, that most of us want, most of us want to be on the side that doesn't really matter to the business. Most of us want to tell stories because we genuinely love stories and we grew up reading so many of these stories. And so for us, as a, especially as writers, to come on the other side and say, oh, hey, um, I acknowledge that this is a business, but can you put aside the business for a while mm. and look at this novel of mine, which is a heartbreaking work of staggering genius. That <laughs> <laughs> but I've been working on it for such a long time. Yeah, and then they ask you, yeah, okay, so how many copies do you think it will sell? And you're like, mm. yeah, at best a thousand. And you know, that that immediately makes them shrink because they're used to a model of selling a hundred thousand 500,000 copies of textbooks and that mm. keeps the publishing house running. Mm. Do mm. I agree with that model? No. Do mm. I think we should change it? Yes. But mm. then again, how practical is it? How, how about if we decided to set up parallel streams that didn't care about income mm. and we found ways for these parallel st streams to sustain themselves? How about we mm. set up alternate publishing houses and we found a way to sustain them? How mm. about we leave the textbook side to deal with themselves and then i th i i think i'm i'm more of this for the separation yeah. rather than how do we pressurize them because mm. we've been doing that for the past 10 20 30 years mm. and we don't see that change happening so mm. how about you know like what you've done and i really admire what you've done where you've decided you know what if mm. the mainstream is not going to accept me then mm. i'm going to create my own mainstream and i'm going to be the mainstream yeah. and you've sold more copies way more copies than people who are published in traditional publishing houses mm. so i'd be interested to know how you did that yeah i think i think i think in the other podcast we were talking with uh, with AJ who is doing the Shukran, the Patreon uh, alternative yeah. uh, in Kenya. And um, one of the things I have realized is that every every writer and uh, that goes uh, that is that is that is true with most of my friends is that the ideal for you as a writer mm -hmm. is to be published by the by the by the classical publishing house, you know, the traditional one, yeah. and then you have your books, uh, you know, flying all over the place, going to Uganda, <laughs> going to South Africa, you know, and and, yeah. and and you becoming really really big, yeah, and uh, and 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 you know that kind of that kind of of of, of writer, you know. But at some point, and 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 there are a lot of people uh, close to me that that failed to do that they could not have their books published uh so what they would do is to try and and jump start it by writing short stories and sending them to 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 this uh, uh short story you know price giving yeah. guys yeah you know or trying to you know go through kwani or go through uh the other one what is it called where you're given money to write the one that was Miles by yes Miles Miles Smaller. Smaller. Yeah. 
and and but but then but then you realize that the competition is so uh, you know yeah. crazy. Yeah. You have Nigerian. <laughs> You're competing against Nigerian. Yeah. <laughs> who I don't know whether they 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 geniuses in terms of writing or just be the sheer numbers would would make sure that they are the ones that are taken. I think it's a combination of both. I yeah. mean, Nigerian writing is brilliant by its own self, but yeah. then there is also a matter of volume. It comes yeah. in volumes. Yeah. I I witness it almost on a daily basis yeah. on Lolwe, and it's just. It's mind numbing. It's like how yeah. so they just outcrowd everyone. Yeah. They just yeah. outcrowd everyone. Yeah. yeah. Or if you 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 have thirty Nigerians writing and you have you have you five five Kenyans and then you have to 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 choose between the thirty and then the five, then you realize that the best will be fifteen Nigerians exactly. against five Kenyans. Yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah. So 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 as I was telling you, yeah, I realized that this was a dream that I wanted to be that kind of writer who is um, who is big out there who is known internationally. But at some point, you realize that this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Or you, you have to give it that time for it to happen. Yeah. But then when you're giving it that time, what do you do? You do what you've got to do. And then, um, and, and, and so I have been writing a lot on Facebook, I short stories and posting them on Facebook. And then um, I realized that when I finish my books, I can give a bit of excerpts on my book, on my Facebook page. And then people would be interested in reading the entire book, yeah. uh, the entire uh, uh, copy. And then they would ask me where they can get it. And then I, I, I would say, well, this is a book. You can buy it. And then some of the things I did was to make sure that I go the. When I started, it, is not, it was not very brilliant. Yeah. Um, uh, true Citizen. And then I had to redo True Citizen again. I don't know whether that is acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> it is acceptable. I mean, even in traditional <laughs> publishing, they have reprints, and in every reprint, they make changes. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so I just decided. Well, uh, I had worked very hard on on my side of business, core media, to get some money, and so I would I would basically steal from my from my company yeah. to go and support my passion. <laughs> so I remember. I remember. Um, when 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 um, the Ghost of eighteen ninety four was a manuscript that was but was submitted to Kwane. You mm. you remember the Kwane manuscript the Kwane, that yeah. Makumbi won? Yeah, yeah. Yes, my book came around number seventy something. And Makumbi was number one. Yeah, and uh, Billy Kahora wrote me a personal message and told me that the story is well done. Yeah, but it is messy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like any first draft will be, I imagine, you know, unless you're a genius who would produce a very clean first draft. My first drafts are so messy, I don't even Mm. let anyone Mm. see them. Yeah, and and, and he he said that um, the book is publishable. What you need to go do and go back to this book and rewrite this book. And then once you rewrite this book, it can become a book that people will love. You see, so, 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 so then I... I decided, I went over it and, and ripped it apart and redid it and redid it several times. And then after doing that, for the first time, I chucked 100,000 Kenya shillings and gave it to an editor in the UK. <laughs> you see? Yeah. And, and she worked on that book for a long, long time. And then, and, then, and then after she had done, she told me that I have done the copy editing. I cannot do the proofreading of this book. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ship this book again to Nigeria, to Akpan, who is living in some, you know, some, 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 uh, I don't know. I, I can't even remember who told me about her. Yeah. And then she proofread the book at 60,000. You see, yeah. I spent 160,000 to copy edit the book and to proofread, proofread. the book. Yeah. And that 
pained me yeah. so much. I had not done the layout of the book. I had not done the cover. I had not done the printing. I had not done anything. Yeah. I went ahead and paid a Ugandan to do the layout of the book because I started with a Kenyan who really failed me. So I decided to ship the book to Uganda, to a friend of mine, to do the layout. Then after the layout, then I, it had to be read again. And then uh, I said that this book is now ready. Yeah. So I print. I wanted to print it in South Africa. I couldn't afford it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I went to Ramco, and Ramco was too expensive. So I decided to go with someone else. And amazingly, the book sold around 600,000 in the first six months. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, I remember one of the writers came to Kenya. Yeah. And uh, one of the people that won the manuscript yeah. competition, who had won, came to Kenya and asked me how much I'd sold. And they couldn't believe because theirs had sold 300,000, they, 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 they had been paid 300,000 for about four years. Wow. You see? Yeah. So I just realized that this thing, when you have a lot of passion for it and make huge amount of sacrifice yeah. towards it, then, then it happens. Mm. You see, I mean, it's it's commendable that you are able to um, to be able to do um, publishing by yourself. But yeah. but it's also a question of this becomes, and I'm thinking of the investment model where you mm. put in capital and you hope for rewards. So if your book hadn't sold, mm. how would you have responded to that? Because this is you putting in all this money, taking a yeah. leap of faith, a yeah. huge leap of faith, yeah. because not so many writers have that kind of money. Yeah. I can count on my fingers how many <laughs> writers, probably in this city alone, so, who have 160,000 shillings plus lying around, which they can yeah. say, mm. okay, I'm going to invest this in getting my book to a publishable quality. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the case for traditional publishing, where... Mm. Mm it becomes, am I ready to bear this risk by myself or do mm. I transfer this risk to someone else and mm. then the mm. rewards obviously will be much lower but then I don't have to bear any risk, you mm. know. So if you if you go to a traditional publisher and your book doesn't sell, they bear that. You don't yeah. have to deal with that. You just mm. have to deal with mm. getting very little royalties. Mm. And so it's while it's admirable that, you know, you are able to do that. It's also very painful because we don't have structures that could have supported you, that could mm. have ensured that you mm. didn't have to spend that kind of money. Mm. And I think that's one of the things I've been looking at and I've been thinking, how do we develop these structures? How do we mm. create an environment where a 19-year-old from CIA or a 23-year-old from Moranga who doesn't have that kind of money or... Mm a boy from Turkana who doesn't have that kind of money mm. and wants their story to be told, how mm. do we create those structures and how yeah. do we ensure that the best talent doesn't go to waste just because they can't afford that kind of money? But then does that go back to the, to the, to the, to the government's door? What, who, is, who is responsible? Because then now it seems like uh, we, I used to naively blame the publishing houses yeah. you know, for, for how they do this thing. Yeah. But then you, at some point you mature and realize that uh, you know, these guys are in business and yeah. they, are, they are trying to survive. And, this, and they, are, they, are, they, are, they are not philanthropists. They, people become philanthropists when they want to become philanthropists. Exactly. They want to give things for free when yeah. they want to do it. But yeah. you, you, can't, you can't force them. And sometimes the structures that we're talking about do not allow an editor or somebody who is in charge of, I don't know, who is in charge of getting, getting talents. It's not their money. They only get talents that, you know, is going to, is going to make profits for the company. 
So do you think that this then goes to... Because ultimately, the government is the caretaker of each and every person <laughs> <laughs> in, 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 in this country. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and writers are still children of government. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. so, so is it... And, and, and this is why... And, and, and that is why I think that space, that void has been filled with... Uh, with 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 organizations like Kwane, yeah. like Jalanda, yeah. the question is, have they done anything about it? What what has happened? I think they have. I think yeah. you know, it's it's a journey, and you know, for me, even if one person comes in and moves us two steps ahead, mm. that makes a difference. It mm. makes it means we are not stuck where we are, and mm. you know, you can't discount Kwane's achievements. Kwane mm. has been, you know, very pivotal in where in the direction that that the Kenyan publishing mm. industry has taken mm. before Kwani we didn't know who was publishing fiction unless you read like Meja Mwangi or Ngugi wa Thiongo or mm. Grace Ogot or mm. Margaret Ogola mm. who mostly we came through by way of school but there was no one who was publishing anything apart from schoolwork so how so when Kwani came in and they disrupted that space they mm. created this room and you know that space is kind of closing up now because Kwani is no more, I believe. Mm. But still it will be very it will be very nice to see people rise up and I'm I'm happy that, you know, Bookbank um and Jahazi Press are rising up and trying to carve out a space for them. Mm. But it becomes a question of what where do we see ourselves in five years? What mm. kind of books do we want to read as a country mm. in the next mm. five years? Mm. How do we make sure that that space is not closed up again? And mm. this, I think this requires more than individual effort. This mm. is where the community comes in. This mm. is where all the writers come in and say, hey, you know what? This is our space and this mm. is how we are going to, this is what we want to leave behind. Mm. And, you know, if not for, Binyavanga and the Kwani generation, we wouldn't have had... I I came into the writing space because of the Kwani and the Jalada generation. Mm. I came in, I saw them doing, and I thought, oh, they're doing it, so actually it can be done. And so without them, I wouldn't have been able to do this, the kind of things I'm doing, even with Lolwe, even with Jahazi Press, you mm. know. And so I would like all of us as writers to rise up and say, hey, this is how we are going to disrupt mm. this space. This is It's basically a process of, a continuous process of disruption mm. and how do we make sure that that disruption lasts? But now now that the elephant is, yeah. is, is on his knees. <laughs> the, uh, the <laughs> Stop laughing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and and do, 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 do we do we do we need to to understand why 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 it has lost ground? Um, do we do we just say that things things sprout, they grow and then they die? I think I think it's a blend of both. I mm. think we while we should definitely look at you know why this elephant is on its knees. <laughs> yeah. We should also not dwell too much on why the elephant is on its knees. We should dwell on okay, if the elephant can't be resuscitated, then where do we get a different elephant? Mm. You know, and I think it's a it's it's kind of just striking the right balance. And I think for now most of us are still um hard hit by the absence of Kwani and we are still just coming to terms with it. Mm. But it's also a question of how fast do we move on? How fast do we pick up what Kwani left? Because Kwani mm. has no Kwani is gone, but the legacy is left behind. And mm. which pieces of that legacy should we pick up and move 
mm. move forward with. Mm. So mm. I would really like to see, um, and I like, you know, the work that Angela is doing with um, BookBank, and I like the fact that, you know, they're coming into publishing and they're saying, you know what, this is what we want to do. Mm. And publishing is very big, like you've just told, you've like you've just said. So it's not everyone who has to, you know, start a literary magazine or everyone has to be a printer or every there's publicity, there's all these, there's so many aspects of publishing which I would like us, you know, to think about and how mm. do we get into them and how do we resuscitate every arm of publishing mm. in this country. Because mm. right now everyone is looking at editing, mm. which of which I'm happy about that, but how many editors do we have in this country? How many fiction editors do we have in this country? Mm. I think Otieno is doing a good job, you know. He was mm. formerly at Kwani and I think now he Otieno, does... Otieno did a, a bit of retouch on the ghost of 1894. Yeah, he's, he's doing a brilliant job and, you know, he should always be commended because he's one of the people who is saying, yes, the conversation, that conversation might be over, but there's room to start a new conversation mm. and you constantly see him pushing and pushing. And so I would like more people to also come up and say, you know what, we need editors, we need publicists, we need marketers, we need proofreaders, we need printers, we need all these people so that we can create a full industry mm. yeah okay then 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 let's talk a, a little bit about um lolue <laughs> and, and jahazi yeah ha- having having chatted with you i realized that they're they're not they're not on the same road they they they're different yeah they're completely uh, different I, I was very when you were when you when 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 you announced that you had joined jahazi i was very excited yeah uh but uh, before this podcast, you you poured a little bit of cold water on uh, on that excitement <laughs> because 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 you um, you have now told me that your role is very administrative and not very 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 much of decision making or editorial. Yeah, I think I think because because of and I you know I really enjoy working with Jahazi. It's mm. just been two months since um, the launch, but the ideas it's it's kind of like an. It's kind of like an empty container that you just pour anything in and that becomes very exciting because the possibilities for it right Mm -hmm. now, it's just, I can't even see all of them. I just know there's so many possibilities with it. And I think the reason why I personally shied away from the editorial aspect of it, of which going forward, I might have to do some of it, Mm. but still I'd like... I wanted this thing to get off the ground fast. And that's why I said, you know, publishing is not just about, um, it's not just about editing. Mm. There's there's so many aspects of it. And so I, I, I wanted, you know, Jahazi Press having, work, having to be in this space where I'm working with Ahmed. And, you know, Ahmed is a very visionary person. He mm. sees the gap. He saw the gap in... Um, when when he's at prestige he saw the gap that there was no there was no bookstore that was really stocking african mm. books in this mm. country mm. and he started doing that and so now because he's money to build this community around prestige he wanted to see what else he could do about it and he realized all the books that he's selling most of the times are non-kenyan so how mm. does he make sure that you know in this space this community that he's money to build around prestige bookshop how does he tap into it and that's where the idea came for jahazi press and he called me about uh, he called me 
he actually mentioned it when I was still in the UK and he was like, oh, I'm thinking of starting a publishing house. And at that time, you know, Kwani was kind of the conversation was dying. And um, I think Angela had started bank books at that time. At that time. So it's just exciting seeing it come up and it's exciting being part of it. And it, while I don't want to say <laughs> about anything about the editorial, because honestly, I'm very intimidated. Can you imagine me editing Yvonne, for example, or me editing <laughs> Peter Kimani? These are people I admire so much. These are people I've, I've basically grown up on their writing. And so now to be told that, okay, you have to tell Yvonne that this sentence is not good enough. You have to tell Peter Kimani that there needs to be a comma here. It becomes very, very it becomes daunting. a very, yeah. So I decided to um, not get into the editorial role for, for, for at least for the start. Mm. And, you know, it would also be nice to see other people step up. Mm. And I will definitely want to work with other editors on Yahazi Press. And so um, in the process of, acquiring other books i would like to see other editors come in and say oh hey can i work on this book and that would be a way to open up the space as well so that i don't end up doing everything because yeah. i also have lolway you know which yeah. is which is which is different from jahazi and yeah. so, so 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 to be to be sure that uh, jahazi is right now taking books that already been in print it's just getting you know licenses from so that that I mean every every um every company or every organization must start from somewhere. So these books are kind of like a stepping stone. Because mm. if we just came to you and we are like, oh hey, Jagir, we are Jahazi Press, give us the rights to your book, you'd mm. be like, who are you? Yes, you know. Mm. But I think if we came to you and we are like, oh hey, we are the publishers of Yvonne and Peter, mm. you'd be more interested. Yeah, you'd be more malleable to trusting us. You'd mm. be more oh, they've published this kind of person, so this if this person trusted them with their work, they then I should be able to trust them with my work as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. And it's it's an entirely different strategy, but at the same time, it's one that, you know, Ahmed developed and I respect it and I think it's working so far. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I, I'm very interested in seeing... Um, he has... He, he showed me a list of... Um, a few Kenyan writers he's interested in acquiring their books from scratch. Mm. Mm. And I would be very interested to see how the process goes from zero to finish. So, okay. Yeah. All right. And then there is Lolwe. Yeah. Um, another, another, another vehicle that, uh, that, that you're steering that, <laughs> that is very interesting. Yeah, I think with the difference with Lolwe is that with Lolwe, it's just me. It's not, you know, Jahazi Press is more of Ahmed and I'm just... I'm helping out, but with Lolwe, it's more of me. And, you know, while Jahazi is very Kenyan-focused, Lolwe is more more of Pan-African and very outward-looking. And, you know, mm. how do we... I used this line in a different um, conversation the other day, and I think it aptly captures what I imagine for Lolwe. For me, Lolwe is about the black imagination, wherever it exists. So mm. how do we bring that black imagination mm. to this space? So... Lolwe is kind of like your great-grandmother's fireplace and how do we bring all the children into this mm. fireplace so that we can be able to tell stories around it. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, great. We are just on the mark, 30 minutes. Okay. That is uh, how we like to, to end it. Um, thank you very much, thank Troy, you so much. Uh, for what you are doing uh, for, for Lolwe, with Lolwe, uh, yeah. what you are doing with Jahazi now. 
and what you're doing generally for the for the for the community in <laughs> so thank you very much yeah thank you so much you know yeah. and i'd encourage everyone you know jagero is a very open person so yeah. if you are out there listening to this and you need advice on self-publishing reach yeah. out to him you oh. know he even if he can publish you through core media i'm mm. sure he'll be able to provide you so much guidance on how to yeah. navigate the publishing world mm. and also the publishing world is a different kind of animal so just <laughs> <laughs> yeah 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 all right thank you very much uh, i hope you enjoyed this uh, podcast until another one bye for now bye